I am Farah Kamengar. I'm joined today by the most amazing group of people. It's our SF Derm medical students who are just fantastic. They've helped us so much this year. We couldn't have done the SF Derm Symposium 100-year centennial meeting without them. Uh, we can't do a lot of the things in SF Derm that we do without them. So we're so lucky to have them here. But mostly what we're going to talk about today is actually they are taking a research gap year. So we'd love to hear more about what they're doing. So quick little intros, and then I'll let you, the three of you talk, because you're much more interesting than, than I am. <laughs> so first, Chandler, it's so good to have you here. Chandler is, actually everybody is between their third and fourth year of medical school doing a research gap year at UCSF, the University of California, San Francisco, with Dr. Tina Butani and Dr. Wilson Liao. Um, studying psoriasis, atopic dermatitis, immunotherapies, and clinical research. So all three are doing a very similar path right now. Chandler Johnson's coming from the AUUGA Medical Partnership in Athens, Georgia. Katie is at the University of Nevada in Reno. And Peyton is at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. So, so good to have the three of you here. Um, I'll turn it over to you guys. Maybe Peyton, we'll start with you. Do you want to add anything else? to the bio before we get into questions? Anything you'd like to say about yourselves? Sure, yes, thank you so much for that introduction. So like you said, I'm a medical student at uh, UAMS and I'm currently taking a research year at UCSF with Dr. Butani and Dr. Liao as my PI. Uh, so I grew up in Northeast Arkansas. Um, so as, as a result of that, I love anything involving nature and um, contrary to what some people might believe, SF has a ton of nature, and um, I've really been enjoying uh, getting to explore some of that. Um, as for my professional experience, I'm also a peer tutor at UAMS and a mentor for medical students that are interested in dermatology. Some of my passions include um, advocacy, and that has led me to serve as uh, the president of the Medical Students for Choice at Arkansas, um, a place where where that has become increasingly important. And then I'm also one of the medical student liaisons for the AAD LGBTQ um, Expert Resource Guide, and that has really helped me um, explore my passions for gender affirming care. Um, and so I'm I'm very thankful for UCSF and for the AD for um, helping me explore those those passions. That's fantastic. Thanks so much. And Chandler, anything else you'd like to add? Sure. Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm just really excited and happy to chat with everyone tonight a little bit about our background and our experience so far with clinical research and with SFDS. So I'm originally from Rome, Georgia, which is a town kind of in between Chattanooga and Atlanta. It's a great halfway point. And I went to college um, in Athens as well at the University of Georgia. And I loved Athens so much, I decided to stay at one of our regional campuses of Medical College of Georgia, which is the AUUGA partnership. So I am a huge supporter of our campus. I'm always trying to recruit new medical students to come to our campus. So I've been really involved with our campus ambassadors. And um, before I came out here to San Francisco, I was wrapping up my role as the president of that organization. And I feel like I'm the type of person that just can't let go of my role. So I'll still give virtual tours from out here, despite the time change, just because I'm really passionate about 
our campus and supporting future medical students and applicants to medical school. So that's one of my most meaningful roles um, from my campus. Like Peyton, I'm also a peer tutor, so that's a great way for me to stay up on my medical knowledge um, while I'm taking my research gap year and still work that mental muscle. So in terms of things outside of medicine, similar to Peyton as well, I really do enjoy the outdoors. I grew up going to the national parks and doing their junior ranger programs, which is kind of like Girl Scouts for the outdoors. So I like taking time and going on a lot of the hikes in the area, especially in Pacifica. That's sort of like my favorite little like hideaway. But I'm really excited for the year I got here um, in San Francisco in August. So I'm, I'm getting in the swing of things and I've really enjoyed all the things that I've been learning about atopic derm and psoriasis, especially psoriasis because I have a personal connection with the disease because my mom has plantar psoriasis. So this has been a topic very like near and dear to my heart. So I'm just really excited for all the things that this year has in store for me still. Fantastic. And Katie? Yeah. So also a thank you for having us tonight and having us on the podcast. Uh, similar to both Chandler and Peyton, I really enjoy being outside. So I was born and raised in the Lake Tahoe area. Just a quick three and a half hour drive away from San Francisco here. And so I love stand up paddle boarding and camping and being outside. And then when I'm not, you know, outside camping, being outside, I like to uh, play Settlers of Catan uh, with my family. I'm a huge board game person. I can get a little bit competitive when it comes to board games, but I really enjoy playing them. Uh, as for professional career, I attended University of Nevada, Reno for both undergrad and medical school. I was a part of an accelerated medical school program, so I was accepted kind of outside of high school and then did undergrad in three years and then went straight into medical school. Um, I decided on dermatology a little late in my third year, um, and once I decided it, it was kind of no looking back from there. So I really enjoyed all my experiences in dermatology and really grateful for the experience to be a CRC at the UCSF Psoriasis Center. I'm interested in immunology and genetics and kind of all things derm at this point, just keeping an open mind. And in my free time right now, I like volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club. I did it in Reno and I'm doing it here in San Francisco as well. I just really love working with the kids and I grew up going to a Boys and Girls Club. So I think it's a really great institution to get back to. So thank you for having me. Yeah, that's fantastic. Though I'm so happy to have the three of you because I, I was telling you, everyone earlier too, that I did the same exact thing you guys did. But in 2009, I did this ex exact fellowship. It was with Dr. Ku and Dr. Butani was my fellow that year. So it's so amazing just to have the cycle of mentorship go around, you know, every year and as the decades go on. And the three of you are going to be amazing dermatologists. I'm so glad you're going into this field. So glad to gonna have you guys as colleagues. You have a few more years just to, just to get through, but all, almost there. And it's going to be fantastic. Um, and I agree with you. San Francisco is amazing. It's like, it's a city, but you have all the outdoor stuff. So you're not feeling like you're like too cramped. So it's just, it, I, I love doing that one year in San Francisco as well. So I actually ended up staying for like two years because it was so far. But it was, it was fantastic. Uh, so great. So just, I'll go through some of our questions here. First one is, I can kind of imagine what maybe things were like 2009. What is it like now? Like, what is a day in the life of a medical student clinical researcher like now? 
uh, we can go in the same order too, Peyton, if you want to be the our first volunteer. Yeah, I can absolutely do that. So a day in the life for me kind of begins with, you know, as as for most people, opening my inbox and um, communicating with either the study sponsors or with my PIs about research projects. Oftentimes, one of us will go to clinic and help enroll patients in the clinical trials. Um, also, our our days include kind of like writing IRB applications and going through the protocols just to make sure that they align with the, the study design and regulatory standards. And then other than that, just uh, calling patients, uh, sending emails to patients, trying to enroll them in the clinical trials, and then just, um, you know, kind of managing and maintaining their their data and it's a lot of paperwork but um it's it's very important and so um it's a, a labor of love as i like to say has a lot of paperwork a lot of regulation right with clinical research trials but a lot of fine too <laughs> absolutely and is it pretty much the same workflow maybe we'll go to chandler next what's a day in the life like for you now i feel like it's um quite similar to what peyton said one thing that we also get to enjoy is the grand rounds at ucsf so that's something that we do on wednesday morning sometimes it's in person sometimes it's virtual today was an in-person day so that's always a really fun experience it kind of makes me feel like i'm back on a rotation again like a third year rotation where you're really involved um, with the residents and learning from attendings. So I always love getting to benefit from really like the world-class faculty that's here in the area and UCSF and learning about advances in the field. Today, we had a really cool talk on um, non-melanoma skin cancer. So we were all like urgently applying our sunscreen again after we left. <laughs> I think we're all ready to go uh, schedule skin checks. So that's another fun thing we get to benefit from is really the lecture series that we're able to attend. Um, one of my personal favorite things that I get to do is the recruiting. So I'm recruiting pretty heavily for a high priority clinical trial right now. So that involves a lot of uh, calling and talking to patients that have expressed interest in maybe being involved. And that has always been one of my favorite parts of my rotations is simply just getting to talk to um, potential subjects in this case, but really um, patients that have the pathologies that we're interested in learning about. So I love getting to have conversations and share with them more about what we do on the research side of things, but really simply advocate, advocate for them to get the best treatment possible and make sure that their symptoms are alleviated or that they help us learn more about the condition that they have. And I feel like the patient population in the area is just so incredible. It's such a knowledgeable, passionate group of people that I've been able to talk to. So that's been great for me. That's fantastic. And Katie, similar for you? Any major differences? Very, very similar. I think uh, Tuesdays uh, are actually one of my favorite days because we meet with uh, one of our PIs, Dr. Liao, every morning. And it's a great opportunity to just catch up on what's been going on for the past week, how our projects are progressing, and his mentorship has just been invaluable. And then Dr. Butani is available whenever we need to speak with her. And then as touched upon, I love clinic afternoons um, because at least for me personally at my university, we don't have a home dermatology program. So I've never really been able to see academic 
uh, clinical, you know, dermatology in a residency program setting. So I really appreciate being able to go to clinic and hear kind of the resident, the different years, PGY2s versus threes, um, presenting to the clinicians, the physicians at clinic, and then kind of seeing how they progress throughout the years, how the, the kind of older residents do it versus the younger residents. And then uh, Dr. Liao and Dr. Butani are very good about including us with discussions about patients and what we believe like the best treatment regimen should be going forward. So I really like those days. Fantastic. You bring up a really good point, actually, Katie, that some a lot of times you might not be exposed to dermatology in like a really comprehensive way throughout medical school. Sometimes even some residencies, we have like internal medicine docs joining our groups who are like, can we come and shadow you guys for a little bit? Because they just didn't really ever get comprehensive dermatology in medical school or even like in a primary care kind of residency setting. So it's it's really interesting when you do switch. Over. And even for me at UC Davis, we had a strong dermatology um, training and in medical school, but it just wasn't one I was exposed to until maybe like end of my third year, beginning of fourth year. So kind of similar was to me, it was a kind of a late discovery because there's an idea of what you think dermatology is. And then you actually are seeing it and seeing the clinical trials, the immunotherapies, all the things that dermatologists do. And I think a lot of times that really changes the mindset, right, of wanting to go into the field and kind of like expressing like more interest in it, I think, if anything. Did you guys find a major change between, of course, it's like a major day-to-day -day change from third year to research year. You're running around from like clerkships and trying to be an expert in everything every different month to then probably a very different pace. But any major changes or any any major things you notice from that transition? Peyton, we can start with you again. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, third year is a lot of you know running around the hospital or the clinic and uh, interacting with patients. And in our, our research here, we definitely interact with patients still. Um, it is a very different setting. Um, so, you know, usually the, we already know the diagnosis, whether it be um, psoriasis or eczema, um, because that's pretty much what the year entails for, uh, for me and, and the trials that I'm a part of. Um, so basically, instead of, you know, like trying to do um, like formulate a differential diagnosis. We're basically talking to the patients about their disease, previous treatments that they've tried, and then seeing if they're eligible for um, certain studies. And um, the really cool thing about being a part of the clinical trial center here is that a lot of the patients are able to kind of get these treatments for uh, uh, at no cost um, because these uh, drugs are still in the a clinical trial phase. So it's an awesome opportunity because patients that might not uh, be able to get these medications due to their cost or their insurance status, um, oftentimes we're able to help get them on these, you know, like life-saving treatments um, at no cost to them. And so it's, it's an incredible opportunity to uh, see these patients just you know, rave about the, the medications that they have gotten to um, try and then also just just be a part of you know helping them get there so that's that's been a, a huge difference and something that um, has really given me a lot of passion for the year because it's exciting to to see them um, you know kind of overcome their their disease and Chandler yeah 
I found that, you know, this research year is very different than the day-to-day of my third year clerkships. One of my favorite aspects is the fact that when I come home from work, I don't have to immediately break out my practice questions and get ready for a shelf exam. So I have the space and the the time to explore some of my hobbies and enjoy some of the things that I didn't have time to enjoy during third year. So one of the things that I enjoy quite a bit is going to the gym more regularly. Katie and I actually go to the same gym and sometimes cross paths, sometimes speak, sometimes not if I'm fighting for my life on the treadmill. (laughs) But it's been really nice to take time and space for myself and you know this is a really intense year but I found that despite its intensity it's also really restorative for me like physically and mentally after how grueling third year can really be. And I think that speaks so much about the field of dermatology I mean, people always kind of say like oh dermatologists are happy but I think we're a group that sure the nature of it sometimes that you don't have those emergencies at 3 a.m things like that but I think as a field we value mental health. And I think like immediately when you go from all these core clerkships into dermatology, you immediately see that difference. You're probably actually working harder than you ever really are. Your mind is working harder, I find, in dermatology because it goes to just a higher level of complexity and figuring out all these therapeutics rather than like the everyday kind of the treadmill part of the, the third year. But then it's really like also enjoying yourselves. And then you can see even with the medical conferences, um, they're different, right? They're they're a little more fun, I like to think. But (laughs) it's intellectual, but fun. That's a really good point to actually just uh, touch on too. And Tati, how about yourself? Any any major differences between last year and this year? Uh, Yeah, I feel like for me, at least in my third year experience, my whole class was on a different rotation schedule. So every student was kind of in a different rotation at a different time. And I was paired with different students for different rotations throughout the year. So I would personally say third year was a little bit more isolating overall for me. I found myself alone more often or just with a different group of people all the time. And so I feel like what I've come to appreciate the most about this research year has been working with these lovely people as well as the other people at the Psoriasis Center. And I feel like the collaboration and the teamwork environment is just awesome. Um, during this research ex- uh, experience for me. And I love going to work every day and being able to work with so many like-minded people so closely. That's fantastic. And the three of you are just so amazing that I think you guys are going to probably be extremely close, lifelong friends. That's usually what happens with Dr. Kuz Fellows and Dr. Wittani, now Dr. Wittani and Dr. Leal's Fellows. And then, of course, every year we always keep getting together at different conferences. So you guys are stuck with us now. Can't get rid of us now. <laughs> Perfect. And then I'm just going to, just throw it out there. Whoever wants to answer this, dermatology is a little hard to get into. It always has been. It probably is even a little harder now. I just, or I hear every year they say it gets harder and harder. I don't know if that's actually statistically true or if it's the same rate of, <laughs> of acceptance every year, but it feels like it's harder every year. Um, is there some element of that? Because there's the research year and it's a completely, you know, year of learning. And for me, I remember when I did my research here, I'm so glad I did it because at the end of the year, I was really an expert in immunotherapy, psoriasis, atopic derm, even more so than some of my senior residents when I started residency who didn't have that kind of exposure. So it's in the long term, looking back, the fellowship is there for you to become an expert, which is what you guys are doing. But then there's that element of you still have to apply for the next step. So when you're in it, you can't 
kind of just fully block that out. What's that been like? And we don't have to necessarily go in order. Anyone who has any comments, is that still a super stressful process? I, I presume the answer to that is yes, but I'd love to kind of hear how you guys are feeling about it and just the general thoughts around that and what you're, what the game plan is and what you guys are hearing. I definitely think it is still, um, you know, difficult to get into dermatology and, and it can be stressful at many points along the way. But something that I think is very important is to, um, you know, choose uh, research and networking events that you are genuinely passionate about um, because, you know, research is is very um, highly important for people that are trying to get in, into dermatology. But if you're able to pursue research that you are passionate in, um, that that intrinsic motivation will keep you going when things get really difficult and you get really busy and stressed out. You can kind of always just go back to why am I doing this? You know that you're not just doing this um, to get into dermatology, but because you really believe in what you're doing and you're passionate about it. And you know that, hey, if even if I don't get into dermatology, I'm contributing to medicine as a whole or, you know, um, just the world as a whole. And, and you can kind of feel like I'm making a difference in the world. And no matter what happens, that will be enough for me. And so that is something that kind of keeps me going when I get a little stressed out about um, the competitiveness of, of dermatology. Yeah. Sorry, not to bring it all back up again, too. You can just ignore it. And if it doesn't exist, you'll deal with it when you guys apply. <laughs> but Chandler, Katie, any other, how do you deal with that whole whole aspect of it? Sure. I feel like the application process will never not be stressful. There's always going to be tons of worries on our mind. I feel like not only the applications, but the interviews themselves can really weigh heavily on you and especially your preparation for them. I am really grateful to have the opportunity to partake in this research year because I feel like in a way it helps me alleviate my anxieties over the process because I feel like I'm going to be so much more prepared than I would have been if I had not taken a year in so many different ways in terms of my knowledge of dermatology because like you mentioned, our knowledge of the different biologics and also the pathologies that we're learning about in our day-to-day, -day, we'll have such a great foundation when it comes to that and have the time to study up on other pathologies that we're going to be seeing when we're doing our acting internships or, or away rotations. So we have time for that independent study that I probably wouldn't have had so much time to do had I had just taken step two and immediately started an away rotation. So that opportunity to prepare helps alleviate anxiety. Plus, I feel like this whole opportunity to do research has helped me learn more about the field. It has made me feel more confident in my decision to pursue dermatology because at the beginning of med school, I have flirted with the idea of other specialties. But now doing this research year, I can tell that it truly is the career for me and it has made me even more resolute in that decision. So on the whole, I think that there's going to be anxieties, but this has helped me alleviate so far. Fantastic. And Katie? Yeah, I agree completely. I think there's a lot of anxiety around the whole application process. Originally, when I decided to take a research year, Part of me was and still is really disappointed to watch my classmates move on to the next step of their application process while I almost felt like I was getting left behind. 
But now that I've begun this research year, in retrospect, now I get to kind of see them go through it and support them through the process and also see what the process is like for them. And they have been super helpful helpful to me, even if they're not going into dermatology and giving me an advice how to approach the process, what the timing of the process is, you know, how to stay happy and healthy throughout this you know, really stressful time. So I've actually appreciated that a lot. And then again, just the invaluable mentorship from Dr. Bhutani and Dr. Liao, kind of holding our hand, guiding us and giving us information as we go through the process just makes the anxiety a lot less. And Katie, you touch on such a good point because I actually, I still feel like that little pain of not graduating with my class. It's funny the things that stick with you, the things that don't. And it's like the anxiety and all of that that's so lively every day when you're in the fellowship of the application. Right after applications, you just forget about that. Like I couldn't even like remember that feeling now if I tried. But the things you remember, actually, that's one of them. Like when you talk about like the feelings you remember, it's it's a sad thing. I mean, you're gaining so much. You're getting so much experience. It's altered the trajectory of my career. So it's not anything you would even think about not doing if you were to go back. But there is something kind of sad about not graduating with your class because you start together. You do your like white coats. I don't know how your school, we we had the white coat ceremony. You get your stethoscopes together. You do all these. You take the oath together, like all these things that you do together. And then all of a sudden, this cohort is doing this like really big celebration. There's not a whole lot of other, it's it's kind of more common, but a lot, not, not a whole lot of other fields will take this kind of gap year like dermatology does. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a thing there. Peyton and Chandler, any, how, how are you guys feeling about that? I feel like I've been living a little bit vicariously because we have a school group message and I haven't muted that group me. So I'm always trying to get the updates. I'm always you now hearing about, oh, people have interviews, you know, starting this day or when is this due? So I feel like I'm trying to stay in the know. So I'm a little bit prepared for when I have to go through it. Um, my boyfriend is actually in my original med school class. So I've been, you know, basically along for the ride hearing about him submitting his ERAS. I was telling Dr. Butani that I'm his editorial team, you know, like proofreading the ERAS application, you know, just listening about like interviews rolling in. So that's been fun and exciting for me. I wish I could experience it at the same time that he is, but it's almost nicer this way because I can just like celebrate him and my focus is on his achievement. Oh, that's really great. Peyton, how about you? Any uh, any feelings around that? <laughs> yeah, so I I keep up with my friends back home, and obviously I miss my friends back home. But I do not feel uh, left out in the slightest. In fact, I feel so relieved that I'm not having to do a ways right now, and yeah. and you know, like go through ERAS and and find all these letters of recommendation. I did not feel um, like I was ready to start that process. Um, and this research year has just really been a huge um, uh, weight off my shoulders because I'm like, okay, you know, we're not having to go through that yet. We can kind of take a step back and uh, look at, you know, all my cards. And so I'm, I'm just very relieved to not have to be uh, graduating so soon. That's true too. It gives you time to figure things out. And then maybe like if there's one advantage is you can kind of party twice. You can party with your original med school class and then again the next year or so. There's, there's, there's slight benefits, but I think it definitely highlights 
the one aspect, which there's a lot of throughout medical training, which is just the sacrifice. I think every year, every decision, it's a huge sacrifice. And we just plow through it. You don't even really think about it. When when you look back, I mean, I'm not that old, but when you're a little older and you look back, you're like, those are big sacrifices. These are big decisions to make and like big chunks of time. So you guys are fantastic. But again, it's all worth it. It all works out. Um, how on a lighter note, what are you guys doing for fun in San Francisco? What's what's happening in the city now? I can I can start. Um so we've definitely had time to hang out as a research group, and that's definitely been my favorite part of the year so far. Um we we like to explore the 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 food of San Francisco. It's it's one of the best places in the world for um you know, trying different foods and uh, different cultures. Um, we also have uh, started going out together and, and dancing together, and we love to uh, have a good time and laugh with each other. Um, I've recently restarted my tennis game. I'm trying to improve my tennis game. I'm I'm horrible, but I think it's it's really fun. Katie's been kind enough to lend me her tennis racket and uh, we're, we have plans to all go together. And I know Katie loves pickleball, so I'm going to have to try that uh, to to appease her. And after this, just like explain to me what pickleball is, guys. I'm like, where did it come from? What is this thing? Why do I not have to know about it? But we can, yeah, we can, we can talk about that at a later time. But it's just like, I feel like it wasn't there and then it was. And then everybody was doing it but me. So I don't know. There's a whole thing we've talked about that for a long time after this. My dad was on the cutting edge of pickleball, fortunately or unfortunately, and he will not let me forget that. So I can't say that I'm too much of a fan of pickleball because my dad's so competitive. So Dad. if Peyton and Katie and you end up playing, I'll just be like the cheerleader on the sideline for y'all. Okay. So it sounds like we need to do like a UCSF pickleball championship thing at the end of this. So we'll, we'll set that up. Um, and Katie, any other thoughts before I was going to ask you guys all about the SF Derm involvement, but well, uh, no, I'm, I'm just lucky that I'm pretty close to home. So I have a lot of friends who are able to come and visit. Um, and so that's been lovely just getting to show them around the city and go to Giants games and I'm going to a Warriors game come February. So really excited for that. Fantastic. Chandler, did we skip you? What are, what are you doing for fun in the city? So I've had the best time hanging out with. Peyton and Katie, we have a book club that we're doing now, um, which I'm so excited about. And we've already made plans for us all to meet up and I'm going to make my famous lasagna and hopefully we can suss out some cannolis in the city because I know that Katie loves cannolis. So we might have a fun little dinner party and just like hang out, take it easy. I'm kind of a homebody if I'm not like out hiking or anything, but we'll be chilling a little bit. Fantastic. And yeah, that's uh, that is one thing I would say too about the research you were saying about the sacrifices and that, but it is also just extremely fun. And it's a little bit of a chance to kind of get to see what normal life is like because I felt like, you know, we're doing the crazy medical school thing, like in the hospital for three days straight, all of that, which you'll be back there soon and intern you're in a little bit. So it's almost like a little replay when you're back into it. But then you're seeing like all the like tech people and all the other people your age in the city and you're like, oh, that's what life is like for the other people. But the other people in their 20s. But you do get this little glimpse of it just for a year of, of what others are doing. For me, actually, you guys met my husband at the SF Derm event at our Three Crazy Kids. 
I met him the very first weekend I moved to SF for the fellowship. So life happens. <laughs> he was one of the people like enjoying his life in San Francisco. I was like, what is this? What do you think? Because you're just out, out and about, but that's fantastic. And then what other, we kind of touched about it, but any other last kind of goals for the researcher, anything you're really proud of, any advice? I guess I can start this one. Uh, we'll go over more shoulder this time. I would say my advice for research year and also just kind of medical school in general is saying yes to as many opportunities as you can while also still executing those projects and tasks at a high level. It's really easy to get sucked into saying yes to everything because you feel like you need to have so many things on your resume and CV. But if you're going to say yes to something and then not do as high of a quality of a job at it, then just make sure that you're not saying yes, just to say yes. Um, and I would say that's something that I've definitely learned throughout medical school. And then my research here, there's just so many opportunities for projects, but I still want to do a good job of them. So it's balancing saying yes and also still doing a good job. It's a really good point. And that, I feel like that balance, like that decision never goes away. That like at any point in life, it's like, do you take this on and this and this and this? Or do you just kind of like do a great job at a few things and leave it at that? That's great advice. And Chandler or Peyton, or Peyton, do you want to go there? Yeah, I can talk about something that I'm really excited about. So I'm working with Dr. Bhutani to try and understand the environmental impact of biologic um, packing materials. So as as you both probably know, um, you know, biologics are shipped in styrofoam. And um, as someone who's like very passionate about protecting the environment, um, we've kind of been studying the effects of it. And while we don't know yet exactly how much you know styrofoam is being produced for these biologics, we know that there is a lot of styrofoam, and we know that um, about thirty percent of all styrofoam ends up in landfills, and the other um, and and twenty percent of of the styrofoam made ends up in our waterways. So. I think, yes, it's important to help patients with their, you know, dermatologic problems, but if we're not kind of looking at, you know, how we're affecting the environment as a whole, then, um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're just pushing off problems for a later generation. So I think that a lot of the research that um, is done at, um, at UCSF is is very important and I think that we can change the future about of how some of these biologics are packaged and and really change the way that um, we approach medicine as a whole and and try to um, preventatively take care of these patients to where we're not just creating problems later on down the line and then um, advice that I would have for people considering a research here or applying into dermatology I would say um, you would be surprised um, how many people that are, are out there uh, who want to uh, provide mentorship. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to uh, reach out to people, cold email people. I definitely wouldn't be here if not for, you know, cold emailing people and, um, you know, humbling yourself enough to say like, hey, I don't know everything and I need help. Um you know, can you be a mentor for me? And yeah, so many people are are excited to 
uh, provide mentorship and to build lasting friendships and and not to just like use you for labor but actually to um, help you along the way and so I would say don't be afraid to make that leap and and reach out to people yeah absolutely it's it's so true I think it's as a when I was a medical student I was just like so timid and just like oh I'm gonna bother this person and bother that person but now on the other hand uh, other side of it being serving as a mentor or possibly providing opportunities is actually my most favorite part of what I do so it's almost interesting when you kind of like see it that way people want to help so if you find someone who is doing something you like reach out to them right and no one actually no one ever really even says no but what's the worst that can happen I might say no but most are like yes exactly I feel like that is great advice and really really good insight I feel like if I were to advise someone about you know approaching their clerkships or research year in general I would always just say have faith in yourself and never underestimate your abilities or your competency. It can always be tough when you're in a space where you're having to learn a lot of new things very quickly, but just know that you are capable. And, you know, at least in my case here during my fellowship, I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by people that will always give me a helping hand. And I always have tons of questions for Peyton, Katie, for our um, MD fellows, and of course, Dr. Butani and Dr. Liao. So always have faith in yourself, take a stab at whatever project you're doing, and know that you can always uh, rely on the support of your network, you know, in the space that you're in. That's fantastic advice too, because really it's in medicine, you, you achieve so much at every stage, but then every step you get to, something new is thrown at you which makes you sometimes just shakes you down to the core. You're like, can I do this? But you're like, wait a minute, look at all the stuff I've done so far. Of course I could do this. So, and it'll be the same in intern year, residency, the boards at the end of residency, whether you guys do another fellowship after. So that's actually amazing advice. Like you guys have achieved so much at this point, you can pretty much do anything now that, that you want to. It just might be a little bit of a learning curve if it's a new thing, but you have such an established track record that you can do anything. And I know specifically you three can do anything because I've seen you do like the impossible. <laughs> and speaking of actually, any thoughts on the SF Durham event or any thoughts on like being involved in a local society? This is our local San Francisco Durham Society that's been around for a very long time, over 100 years. And and every year we have different um, medical students uh, that help. And you guys are absolutely amazing. Our medical students actually usually, actually, I think I would say always do very, very well, <laughs> which is great. So we're going to have another episode coming up at some point with some of her current residents who were SF Durham medical students in the past too. So that'll be kind of interesting seeing them a few years after this process. But any thoughts about that or any recommendations? Do you think it's a good idea to get involved in local societies or? Yeah, I can start off. Um, I would I would have to say that SF Durham has been one of my favorite parts of my research year so far. I think it is the best way to network with people. Um, you know, obviously I wouldn't be here without SF Durham right now. And I, I think it's so cool to be on the other side of these conferences because, you know, I've, I've gone to conferences before and just as like an observer or just to present research, but I never knew how much work went into them. And I have such an appreciation now for uh, these conferences and, and the people in the background that are making sure that 
that it's going smoothly and and I definitely have a huge appreciation for those people and um, I'm excited for future conferences um, because now I know you know different networking strategies and um, just yeah I, I'm very thankful for SF Derm and I'm excited to be a part of it next year as well. That's right we can do it all over again <laughs> as soon as we rested a little bit we're doing it all over again soon. Uh, I have Loved my experience and my involvement with SFDS. I don't know if you know this, but SFDS was my first Durham conference I ever went to. And so that was a rite of passage. <laughs> and it was really great. It was super fun being involved, you know, getting to interact with the speakers, be it, you know, watching their presentations, collecting their presentations, and just really getting to chat with them. I feel like we sort of had really unparalleled access to these actual experts in the field. So that was really cool, you know, at my first conference to be interacting with the speakers in such a way. It was really cool for me. Yeah, was, that's if you guys did an amazing job at getting the speaker slides up at the correct times. That was the hardest job of the whole thing. And Katie, any thoughts? Uh, I think Peyton and Chandler both said it really well. I think that it's a great opportunity and I love you know kind of being a part of SFDS and I'm looking forward to the conferences in the future I also think you know there's kind of a term of uh, academic medicine that gets thrown around and I never really fully understood it and I've stumbled my way through academic medicine in medical school but I think SFDS what it showed me was how collaborative and what a community academic medicine is kind of when you refer to it like that it's almost a culture and a community of collaboration between a bunch of like-minded people who just are really passionate about being lifelong learners. And so I think NSFDS did a really good job of showing me that and kind of showing me what academic medicine can really be. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. It's so great to hear because that's really one of the main points of this specific society is just really, really great education. And there's different sort of uh, focuses of different societies, but that's really what SFDERM has always done. And I think the fact that it's lasted so long, it's been, I think the second oldest society in the country shows that I think as physicians, that's probably the one core value we all value the most. You just, and, and you saw everyone of all different ages. Um, and we even had a kids club, so literally all of different ages, but <laughs> but it's like people will just still keep coming just for the love of learning and dermatology. So that, that it's, and that's one fantastic thing in joining dermatology is you just join this group of people who just really, really love talking about skin and cytokines and mechanisms. And we can go on for hours about that. Um, and then lastly, so this is the future of dermatology podcast. So we end all episodes with asking about your thoughts on future of dermatology. The three of you are literally the future of dermatology. So I'm ex so excited to have episodes like this where we can actually see what's up and coming we have to look forward to like forward thinking younger physicians who are thinking about things like climate change and sustainability and like us not killing the planet with all of our biologic styrofoam and and, and all of that so it's, it's fantastic but any thoughts about the future of dermatology you can also comment if you want on future of medical education it doesn't have to be specific to dermatology any just last thought on, on, on what you think you're excited about or what you see for the future? I can talk about um, the future of dermatology as I would like to be involved with it. So something that I've kind of touched on already is my passion for gender-affirming care. And I feel like 
Um, that is something that's going to be um, talked about more often in the future as we kind of realize that, you know, you don't have to be trans to receive gender affirming care, but, you know, anyone, uh, you know, anyone that's getting, you know, like laser or Botox or filler or anything like that, um, you know, it's all, if, if it's making you feel more comfortable in your own skin and in your gender, then um, that is considered gender affirming care. And, and, you know, I don't think that people should be afraid of that, but should really lean into it. And that's something that I'm very excited to be a part of in the future. Um, we have a, an incredible um, faculty member here, Dr. Matt, Matthew Manch, and I'm excited to work with him in the future. We're both on the AAD uh, LGBTQ expert resource guide, and I'm excited to work with you know, the ERG and all, and also Dr. Mange to provide some really important gender affirming care. And I hope that the future of dermatology really leans into that. And I'm excited to be a part of it. That's fantastic, Peyton. And the field is going to be so much better to have you, you know, focusing on these things. And I look forward to learning about all the things you guys are going to be doing. So amazing. You're, you're so kind. Chandler, do you want to go next? Oh, sure. So, this is a very general trend, but one that I really appreciate in medical education in the sense that education now goes beyond, you know, basic sciences, clinical sciences, but also focuses on social sciences and how we as future clinicians interact with patients and coworkers. So I love that there's that emphasis, at least in the curriculum that I benefited from, from my campus in terms of patient interactions. And I feel like that has really informed the way that I approach patients, um, not only in my third year clerkships, but in my interactions with patients during my research year. And I've just really enjoyed um, seeing the way that Peyton and Katie and my MD fellows interact with patients because like bedside manner is absolutely unparalleled here at this program. And that's something that I value um, in my interactions with patients, but also as a patient myself. So I love that that's a trend um, in medical education as a whole. And I sense that in dermatology, that's quite a thing that people are so strong academically, but they're not just strong academically. They're so social and they have great patient interactions. So I've loved um, observing that. And I hope that is something that continues in medical education. I hope so too, Chandler. You're so right. I think there's a huge shift with the mindset behind that where it's, it's, it's I think like where you traditionally medicine used to be just the doctor would come in, say things and then leave where now it's a lot more, we're taught about shared medical decision-making. Um, and then something amazing about a fellowship like you're doing is you're just seeing the best version of it. And then depending on what practice you go to, the corporate of med the corporate practice of medicine will settle in and things will come in over, well, now you have to see people every 10 minutes and this and that, but you've seen the best version of what it can be. And it's like, once you see it, you can't unlearn it. Whatever setting you end up in, you're just going to be like, no, I, this is what I need to practice this level of care. So that's fantastic. I think we're making really great changes with um, the way patient care is viewed as more like a team approach. Thanks, Katie. Any, any thoughts? Yeah, I think two topics just based off of the research that we're doing that I'm passionate about is the holistic approach to a patient. We're doing a couple of studies on sleep and psoriasis, um, diet and psoriasis, and a couple of other things as well. And then also personalized medicine, identifying patients, 
you know, who are responding well to medications and who aren't responding well to medications, what genetic markers they have and how we can identify those patients in the future and give them a medication that helps kind of from the very beginning. So I'm excited for more personalized medicine and a holistic approach to patients, which I think, again, we're also already moving towards. Yeah, so exciting to see those those changes happening. Like in 2009, when we had a few biologics to pick from, it was sort of like, well, let's throw one out there and see what happens. And it's just so much more. Um, there's so much more expertise around it. And you guys are lucky enough to be learning from Tina Bhutani, who is one of the smartest, most amazing people uh, that I think embodies like the values of the best physician. I always say I want to be her when I grow up, but I think she's only like a year or two older than me. So <laughs> that's probably not even, which is just like fantastic. So that's, that's, that's amazing that you guys are in her program. Um, but thank you guys. Any, any last minute, anything before we end? I just want to thank all three of you. I know you're probably very busy. You have lots of things to do. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having us. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys. And we have to have you back when you go through the match at internship. We have to get little vi video logs of the whole process. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun and such a unique experience. I've never done a podcast before, but I, uh, I hope to be a part of more in the future. So thank you for this opportunity. I agree. Thank you. See you guys.